Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Well, welcome to Renewed Church. You guys can be seated. God bless you. I'm so, so glad that you guys are, are here this morning. And uh, let's give our worship team a round of applause. Amen. We had a last-minute call out from our drummer. Justin's mother is, is uh, not feeling well. Lift her up today, and, and he couldn't be here. But um, So I'm so thankful for our worship team. Let me read this scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18, and we'll get right into the Word this, uh, this morning. Matthew 1, 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly because of his faithfulness, but he didn't want to disgrace her. I love that. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Amen? All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Praise be to God. This is God's word. We are so thankful for it. You know, Isaiah chapter 9, this is one of those prophecies from uh, hundreds of years even before this happened, and it says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Man, this is God's word, and we're thankful for it, and I'm thankful that you're here this morning for week three of our, our uh, Merry Renew Christmas series. We've been in this series talking a little bit about starting with the very first week on the return of Christ, and that eager expectation, that active waiting, if you will, like it's, it's waiting, but it's actively waiting, um, because we know that Christ is coming again. We don't just celebrate the birth of Christ, which is great, but we also know and we recognize in this season that Christ will return again. That's important for us to remember that. Like, um, especially as you see the world just get harder and harder and the challenges of life get, uh, you know, more and more. And, and just the world is dark, a dark place, isn't it? So it's, it's a very tough place to live and to raise kids and, and just to to do life in. Last week we talked about being simple and slowing down, that we have to enjoy the moment before the moment becomes a memory. Because these are just moments, but they're also memories. So what are you going to do with them? Are you going to enjoy them? Or are you just going to like fly past them and then have to look back at the pictures? Like take time to enjoy the moments even now before those moments become 
a memory. Why? Because Christmas can get so complicated. With everything about Christmas, it can, be, can become so complicated. And, and how about Christianity the same way? Like this whole thing we call church and faith and uh, our, our walk with God, like this thing can be complicated. But we have to realize, again, how to, how to slow down, how to simplify it, how to make sure that we're in a relationship with Jesus, just reading the word and praying and, 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 and having a, a, a daily walk with him and serving him and doing these things that, that are, are really, really um, not super complex, doesn't require seminary training to understand, but just really trying to slow down and hear from God. How about those five people that made a decision for Christ last week? Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. Praise be to God for that. God is working in Renew Church. It's because of your faithfulness. It's because of your support. It's because of the Renew crew that puts in the effort every single week that we can do what we do on a Sunday morning at 1030 in the morning. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about worship. And we just sang about it. We just sang it. And, and worship, what, what is worship? Well, worship is giving. Worship is giving. It's giving of your, your, your uh, time. It's giving of your attention because how many of you know, like when you're really worshiping, you can't focus on anything else. Like, and I struggle with that sometimes because I get so distracted in the week that I want to slow down and I want to worship, but I have trouble doing that because of everything else coming into my mind and I have to get away. Like I have to take away the distractions because worship, true worship is giving God of your time, giving your your attention, giving him of your heart and your soul and your voice. Worship is giving, but giving is worship. Like those are are synonymous. Giving is worship. Those statements are reversible. Worship is more than your favorite musician or music style. It's more than the 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 your your number one you know pick on your Spotify. Like it's it's more than the 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 station that you tune into on the radio. By the way. Uh, this Wednesday, my dear friend Stephanie, our worship leader, do you guys have a slide for this? My dear friend Stephanie Gutierrez is releasing her very first single. And um, yeah, man, the title of her song is The Best Is Yet to Come. So I need you guys to make a note of that. Like somehow, someway, make a note right now that you need to download The Best Is Yet to Come by Stephanie Gutierrez this Wednesday, all right? It's an amazing song. Like, how much, how much better is that than to know that the best is yet to come? Like, the words behind it are powerful. And uh, she's our worship leader. And so I'm really, really proud of you, Steph. Um, I think I see you back there. No, there you are. There you are, Steph. Um, so I'm super, super proud of you. And uh, I hope that you guys will download that, right? Is it, did I tell them how to find it and everything? Yes, yes, yes. So, so we need to share that. Janelle, wherever Janelle is, she's our uh, social person. So let's make sure we get that done. Awesome. All right, all right. Let's get back into the word. So worship, right? Worship. This, this is extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object of esteem. That's, that's the definition of worship. It's extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object of esteem. So you can literally have all kinds of different objects of esteem, can't you? Right? I mean, it happens all the time. You can worship your car, your bank, your hobbies, your house. You can worship a sports team. 
probably not any Miami teams. I mean, uh, like literally since the big three left, like the only thing we get to talk about is how like how good the, the Dolphins are going to do in the draft this year <laughs> uh, because they're trying to lose their way to a number one draft thing. Are you turning my mic off because of that? What's going on here? Uh, but we, we, can worship, we can worship all kinds of things. We can worship peewee football. You know, We can worship high school football. I mean, we've got something to be proud of. Like Miami County, like three titles, three state titles in this county, 4A, 5A, 6A. Right? The only one that didn't get it was my man Corey from Palmetto, but that's happening next year. Y'all, y'all mark my words, right, Corey? It's gonna be good. But we can worship athletes, celebrities, artists, musicians, on and on. And that's why the, the People magazine is so popular. That's why, like, they get paid. You like their Instagram posts and you think you're just liking it, but you're putting money in their pocket. Like, when, when, um, you know, one of these superstar celebrities uh, puts on a pair of glasses or a pair of shoes. They're getting paid to do that, right? There, there was a move, uh, a commercial just a couple of years ago. And I, I'm just going to let you see this and see if you could tell me what this actually is. magic he can feel it it's magic he can feel the buffalo like right there on the highway like what is that like what was that commercial for the longest they they didn't show the entire thing but it's some kind of a cologne that johnny depp was promoting but like just him being on the front of that commercial with the buffalo. I don't think the buffalo would have sold the cologne, but I think that he like probably sold, you know, thousands of gallons of cologne because it was Johnny Depp. People, we, we have this way of worshiping and following after these people and doing things that other people do. And my question is, is who do you follow? Who do you worship? Who do you give your best to? Are you with me today? Are you guys with me today? Kim, are you with me today? Okay. Who do you give your best to? What does what your life and your lifestyle say that you worship? Here's where we are today. Matthew chapter 2. Continuing on in that same passage as we had started in, in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 2 verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. Do you know how they knew that? Do you know how they knew that? Because they went to scripture. They went straight back to the prophets and they were saying, we know exactly where he's to be born because we know the word. We know the word says that he's going to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too 
may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. That's not the end of it, though, is it? Is there another verse? On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I, I want you to get a few things from this. First of all, let me just take a side trail with, with Herod for a second. Herod did not want to go worship that baby. He did not have any intention of going to worship that baby. He wanted to kill the Messiah. This was prophesied in Jeremiah 31, verse 15, when he declared that every baby under the age of two would be killed. That's what he said to, uh, to all of those people, that any baby boy under two would be killed. His authority was threatened. His authority was threatened by this six-pound baby boy born to this young Jewish couple of nobodies, people that didn't mean to ma- seem to matter up uh, count for anything. But here's some things that I want you to catch as well. First of all, they were coming to the house. It didn't say they came to the manger. And I know you guys sometimes see the manger scene. I know you sometimes see that, that, that stable and there's the donkey, there's the cow, there's the sheep, and there's the shepherds, and then there's the three wise men. And who knows why there was three. There really wasn't any for sure number that there was three. There was three gifts, but we don't know that there were three wise men. That's just what the song says. So they came, but they didn't come to the stable. They came to the house. And it says they came to where the child was not where the baby was. So in other words, it was quite the journey. When they started following the star, who knows how long it took, but it could have taken months, it could have taken years before they actually came to where Jesus was. It says, then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and of myrrh. Gold, representing his kingship, representing his deity. Frankincense, representing his holiness, And myrrh, representing his sacrifice in preparation for his death. But also these gifts, not only do they represent Jesus, they represent the men that uh, brought the gifts, the people that brought the gifts. And that's something that I want you to get. Your gift reveals the giver. The gift reveals the giver. You know, for me, gifts are not great. Gifts are not a big deal for me, and I'm not really good at giving them. Um, receiving them, you know, if you want to give me a gift, great, that's nice. But I, I'm just not the type of guy that like collects all kinds of things. I don't care about owning stuff. If my shoes get dirty, then I want to go get a new pair. But having a hundred pairs of shoes because they're collectible, that's really not me. But the problem is that's also the way that I give. Like that's also like it reflects in the way that I, I give to others. My wife has to tell me what she wants. And if I could just pick it up, that would be so much better. Like for me to try to figure it out, like better yet for it to be delivered, that's the best thing. And that's unfortunately the way I am. It's not great, but it's who I am. Gifts are not my thing. But the gifts reveal the giver. And this is true in all areas of life, but especially with God. Have you ever thought about it? Like what you bring to God reveals how you feel towards him. What you give to God reveals how you feel towards him. And you might be saying, but Trevor, they brought these gifts to Jesus. Like, how do we give gifts 
to Jesus. Are you starting to talk about this Christmas offering thing? Is that what this is about? What the envelope that's on my chair is all about? Well, maybe a little bit. Is it about putting money in the box or the bucket or, or giving to Renew.Miami or setting up your uh, automated giving, which we encourage everybody to do that. Just make it a commitment. Maybe it's that. But really, here's what it's about. The gift reveals the giver. These magi, they gave Jesus gold. They gave him frankincense. They gave him myrrh. But like literally, Jesus, baby Jesus, or little toddler Jesus, do you think he really cared about those kind of gifts? That's not the most perfect baby shower gift, is it? Like, what do you usually give a baby? A onesie, a passy, a binky, a blankie, something else that ends in Y. I don't know, everything that, like little baby stuff. You don't give them gold and frankincense and myrrh, but they brought that. You could bring a diaper cake. Those are always the hit of the party, right? What are those, anyways? That's the weirdest thing. It's like supposed to be an edible looking. <laughs> uh, you guys all right today? You guys aren't. Come alive. God, we pray that you would bless this teaching of this word, no matter how hard it is or whatever, whatever's coming out. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The baby would have been much happier, though, with a little rattle right? The baby would have been much happier with a singing bear or a, a light-up glow worm. I remember giving that to my niece when she was little. But think about it for just a second. The gift reveals the giver. Like, if I would have been able to, or, or if you could, think about this brand new, um, you know, couple with a, a newborn baby and all the expenses that come with that, you have a couple of options to bring to the baby. You could give them this five-inch little piece of paper um, with some routing number and account number information on it, and on it, it's $1,000, four digits, 1000.00, and you make it payable to that child, or you could give that baby like a five-foot-tall, you know, stuffed monkey that you get at the fair or something. Which one is the baby going to want? The baby's going to want the stuffed monkey. The baby's going to really want that stuffed monkey. But which one does the baby like? Which one is going to be more of an impact on that baby and on their family? That little check. That little, that little gift. That tiny little gift that represents so much more. What's my point? The gift reveals the giver. So the wise men give out of the very best they had. And the application for us is to give out of the very best that you have. Like, stop giving God, like, these little things when God is calling you to give something greater. Sometimes we give God these token gifts. You know, um, I mean, you guys know what a token gift is, right? The wise men did not give a token gift. But a token gift is something that represents something of great value, but realistically, it has little or no value, right? Like, a token. You worked 20 years for your company, and you got a pen, that's a token, right? You're like, where's everything else that I deserve? You gave me a writing pen? That's not much. Or you won the state title and you got a plastic trophy. That's a token. It's not real. It's not, not, not significant. Have you ever given someone a token? A token is fake currency. I remember when I was a kid in the 90s, a teenager in the 90s, and even in the 80s, like we had these things called arcades. Anybody know what an arcade is? A couple of people know what an arcade is, right? 
Some of y'all are like, what do you need that for? I have my phone in my pocket. It's got 10 times better graphics, 10 times better games than any arcade. But like when I was a kid, there was Double Dragon. Shout if you know it. Mortal Kombat. Punch Out. NBA Jam. NBA Jam was the jam, man. That was the best. Like I would get on fire and they couldn't stop me. It was, the problem was it was so short. Like the, the, the quarters lasted like 20 seconds. You're like, man, it's already over. Then there was the crane games. 25 cents to play for a toy worth less than 25 cents. Like you would be fighting your hardest to win this little toy. And somehow, someway, the crane drops down on it and, and it grabs around it and then it lets off of it. Like how, how did that happen? Why did that let it go? Now they have these games in the malls. They're called Keymaster. You guys seen those? You don't win the 25-cent toy. You can win an iPhone or a GoPro or an Apple Watch or something like that. But it's a dollar per play, and it's literally impossible to win. Like, I looked it up, and, and who knew that it's really not even a skill? You can look this up for yourself. They have, like, some kind of regulations that they're allowed to rip people off. Like, it's an odds game, not a skill game. Like, if... They're, they set the odds at one in a thousand, then you can push the button and you can get it right on to where the key goes through the hole, but it's going to hit the very top every single time until it meets its odd requirements, like the one in one thousand. I didn't know that. I want my 20 bucks back, honestly. Like that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. If the odds are down, then you'll uh, hit the keyhole every time. But once it finally gets up to that point, somebody is going to win, but it's just like literally one in a thousand, no matter how skilled you are. So going back to, to my youth, $5, 20 tokens. You guys remember those. You put the $5 in the change machine and it spits out not 20 quarters, it spits out 20 tokens. Why? Because the owner knew that these things were absolutely worthless unless you came and you used them at his arcade. So he made his money at the change machine, not at the game. He made his money the minute you walked in and you put your $5 bill or your $10 bill into the machine. You fed the machine and it dropped out 20 metal coins. The game was important because if you loved it, you'd keep feeding it. And at the end of the night, you would go back to the change machine and feed it some more and feed it some more. Even until you got to the point where your mom sent you a, a page on your pager and said, you got to come back to, uh, you know, meet me back at JC Penney's uh, because I'm ready to go home. But either way, the arcade owner got his money. If you took home 18 of those metal tokens... He still got his money. It didn't matter if you fed the machine or not. It didn't matter if you fed the game or not. All he cared was that he got your money. Why? Because those tokens, they were worth exactly nothing. They were invaluable. They were not valuable. A token is fake. And so I want to ask you this question. What does your giving look like? What does your giving look like. It's almost like as if God shows up. So I hope you're still tracking with me on this whole analogy. It's almost as if God shows up, Akeem, come back up by the way, to the change machine called your life. And he deposits the most valuable thing he has into it, much more than money is. He devalues, he deposits the most valuable thing he into your life. That's Jesus. And we spit out a token. You get the analogy? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? 
But I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about in every area of your life. Matthew chapter 25 is a famous set of scriptures that talk about when Jesus is like separating the sheep from the goats. And he's telling these people that are, that are listening to him, he's like, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was needed clothes and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you, you uh, invited me in. I was sick or in prison and you came to visit me. And Jesus says, when you gave to these needs, whenever you did that for these people, you gave to him. So, am I talking about the Christmas offering next week? Yeah, I am talking about the Christmas offering. But I'm talking about so much more than that. But this is applicable. Like, think about this. I wonder if when we help the homeless through our Christmas offering, because that's one of the four initiatives. I wonder if when we give to that, it's like feeding the hungry. And also giving food to Jesus. And I wonder if giving to support a brand new ministry like Misfit, which is based on a youth ministry that is, hey, we, we, we're countercultural. We don't fit in, but we, we fit in here. Like, I wonder if that's like inviting a stranger in, that some, somebody that, that feels like they don't fit in. I wonder if giving to missions is like giving people in other parts of the world the living water that only Jesus satisfies. Like, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. And I wonder if supporting a second location, that's our fourth initiative, is like doing all of this all over again. What if you gave over and above your normal giving because you knew that it was worth it? Like, what if you decided in your heart, like starting today for the next week, prayerfully considering, God, I, I'm going to do something because I know that these things matter. And I'm not just going to give a token, God. I'm going to give what you call it in my heart to give. And honestly, I've been thinking about this. Like, we have a goal. Like, we'd love to raise $3,300 in the Christmas offering. That's the, that's the number that we kind of put out there. But I'm not, like, dividing it out and saying, okay, if this many people would give this many dollars, we would do that. Because honestly, God could put it on one person. And one person could literally write the check and it'll be done. It'll be done without a hesitation. So that's not my, my feeling on this. I'm not trying to do some kind of mathematical thing on this. I'm asking you to just go into your heart and let this be a worship thing. Let this be a heart thing. Let this be a thing where you're kind of coming between you and God and you're saying, God, I want to worship you. And I'm tired of giving tokens. I'm tired of doing something that just kind of feels like this is what I'm supposed to do. And today, I'm giving you what I feel like you told me to give. Because worship is giving. And giving is worship. I always remind people it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. So for the poor widow that gave her two mites, her two copper coins, whatever they, you call it, depending on the translation you're reading, she gave more than the men that dropped in all kinds of money in the offering in the temple. Jesus said, no, she gave more. So 
It's not about equal giving. It's about God. What, what is it that you would have me to do? Because what does God want out of this? Does he want that because he needs that amount of money so that we can plant a church? No, that's not enough to plant a church. Is that enough to take care of the needs of misfit youth? No, that's not enough. Is that enough for missions? No, that's not enough. It's really about your heart. That's where we're going with this. You know, I don't preach on money all the time, but I I feel like that money is a heart issue. It's a thing that you guys hold on to. And if you're not careful, you can put it on the, the, you know, on the, on the throne of your life. And what I feel like God is saying is, is make sure that I'm on the throne. Make sure that I'm Lord. Make sure that I'm in charge. Make sure I'm the boss. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 says, But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Giving is worship. It's an act of worship. Like prayer, like music, like sacrifice. Giving can feel really good, or it can feel like nothing at all. But I want it to be something that when you do it, you do it because God just like literally... Like, it just feels so good to do this. I think that's what those wise men did that day. When they were overjoyed and when they praised God, when they were so excited about what they were able to do for Jesus, Jesus didn't care about the gold. He was just little toddler Jesus. He didn't care about the frankincense. He didn't care about the myrrh. But these men that had traveled for miles and miles and miles, who knows how long that journey was, they, when they arrived to the house, they were able to say, celebrate, man, we found the Son of God, the King. We present Him with these kingly gifts. When you come before God, when you come with everything, again, not just with money, but with everything, when you come before God, come to Him and just be like, God, here it is. I'm so happy to give this to you, not begrudgingly. I'm uh, like, I'm so happy to give you my worship. I'm so happy to give you my time. I'm so happy to give you my service. God, this isn't hard. This work is worship. Like, I want to do this. The gift reveals the giver as much as the receiver. So, bring your best. I have a note that says, what does that look like for Trevor? I don't know what it looks like for Trevor. Um, I just want to give God my best. And I feel like, like uh, when I do that, he does everything else. You guys, um, some of y'all have been walking with me for a while and you know about this. Some of you, it's your first time. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Um, but this stuff is hard, man. This is week in and week out. Every six days, <laughs> we do this. And I, I have to like just every six days remind myself why I'm doing it. Like, I, I've got to just 
Say, God, I'm just bringing you my best. And you got to do the rest. Everything else is up to you. If something happens and it can't work out this way, or if, if this falls through or this doesn't work the way we expected or planned, or, or um, you know, we, 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 were, we thought that we would have this many people, or we thought that this would... No, literally, I just have to bring my best. I really do. And then I let God do the rest. I feel like that's what I'm doing. And uh, man, for every single one that are here that do that, man, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for being a part of this, for leading people to a renewed life in Christ. If you want to be a part of this mission, if you want to be a part of uh, that, this thing that we call Renew Church, man, step in and like just jump in. You might like show up at 10.30 and be like, man, they got it all together. They don't need anything. At 8.30, it was me and the janitors in the back and Raymond setting up the snow and we were pushing carts and lifting stuff and it, it, everything else and it was, it was a heavy at 8.30. 11.30, we're good to go. But man, maybe there's, maybe you could give to this. Not just financially, but you could be a part of this. Maybe you could serve with Mikey on the youth ministry. Maybe you could help in the kids' ministry. Man, there, there are all kinds of ways to get plugged in. And we just want you, I want you to bring your best to Jesus. Next week is the Christmas offering. We're going to pass the bucket next week. We never do that. We always receive at the back. But next week, we're going to pass the bucket. And inside this envelope, which is on your seat, is a, just a commitment card that I'm asking you guys to pray about this week and just say, God, what would you have me give? You can also give online, and you can uh, select there in the drop-down box, Renew, uh, on the website, Renew.Miami. You can give under the Christmas offering tab. But uh, all I'm asking is, is that you give your very best. And let's let God do the rest. That's what I, that's my testimony. That's my life. That's what I've done here. And um, that's all I can do. Right? Right? All right. Thank you. Stand up. We're going to sing a song. Worship team's coming back. And uh, we're just going to praise God. Let me, let me pray. Lord Jesus, I bring my best to you again today. And sometimes my best doesn't feel like great. When I'm feeling down or when I'm sick or my wife's sick, my house has been sick all week. It's been crazy this week. But it's still my best. And I just bring it before you. I lay it at your feet. And I just ask you to take it. Just take it. God, I pray that for these people that they would just take whatever it is. Maybe they don't think their best is enough, but it is because of you, because of your grace, it's enough. I pray that they would bring that to your feet, that they would give it to you with their time, with their talents, with their resources, God, with everything, that they would just give everything to you. God, that we would stop just being token givers, that we would literally and fully, like because of Jesus and the what he gives to me like he deposits Jesus into me God you deposit Jesus into me and I gotta stop giving you a token I gotta give you my life 
So today, here and now, I do that again. I pray that for these people as well. We love you, O oh God, and we thank you for the great and mighty things that you do, all that you're going to continue to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing this song together.
give another round of applause for our worship team, man. And for this service today, for Pastor Trevor delivering the word. Yes, amen. There you go. Amen, amen, amen. Just a reminder, guys, immediately after this, right after we're dismissed, we're going to be having starting point in the art classroom. It's right there next to the kids' ministry room. Um, and like I said, if, if you've never done it, if you want to take that next step with us, get to know Pastor Trevor a little bit better, get to know Renew Church a little bit better, that's that's how you do that. So I encourage you to, to be a part of that. And also remember, you guys are taking these home with you and then bringing them back next week just so that you know that. And now is the, the part of our service where we, we continue to worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings. So let's pray over that right now. Lord, we thank you for for this Sunday morning, Lord. We thank you for your people. God, we thank you for your son Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, Lord. God, I just pray that you bless this offering this morning, Lord, and that you just continue to, to just provide for us, Lord, and do mighty things through us, Lord, that, that only you can do, God. I pray that you bless these givers, Lord, today, and, and bless their families, Father, as they just continue to go with the rest of their day, Lord. And, just i just pray lord that we remember the the reason of the season lord and it's the birth of our savior god and help us to share that news with the people that we see this week father and invite them lord to to come to church god it's in Jesus' name we pray amen 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 hey before you are dismissed are, do we have miami snowfall happening we're ready awesome awesome so you guys ready to see some snow today never seen snow you ready you excited Awesome. Come on. Come on. You guys are like, come on. Let me hear it. Put in a lot of work to that. All right. So last thing, next week is Christmas Sunday. That's the Sunday we're doing all of our Christmas. We're, that's our kind of our Christmas Eve service, 1030 on Sunday. That's it. We're not doing a Christmas Eve service uh, just because of our facility situation and everything. Please invite. Please invite. Please invite. It's going to be a special day. It's going to be a great day. This is a day that people would otherwise may not consider like an Easter Sunday. They may not want to go to church anywhere else any other time, but this would be a Sunday they would come. Please invite. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.